Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Dale Wallace with the Do The Work Coach out of the UK. Dale, what's going on, man? Happy Friday. How you doing, brother? Uh, all good, JJ. Thank you. Yeah, it's obviously great that it's Friday and we've got some sunshine shining through as well. The window, which is, <laughs> yeah. It's always nice. Um, yeah, and a pleasure to be here. So thank you. There we go. We appreciate you being here, Dale. And so, you know, I think we're, we're definitely excited to have you on here. But before we dive in, to the nitty gritty of what you have going on with the do the work coach here. You know, first um, we want to give the viewers a little perspective. We want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and in, in your own words, explain to them how you would describe the do the work coach and what you do. For me, the do the work coach, well, the do the work sort of um, little tagline, if you will, kind of came from something that someone else said. Um, so I guess it was um, plagiarized in a way. Um, but it was something that's really stood out to me between the difference between kind of people being successful or not, whether that be, you know, in a career capacity or obviously today we're talking about health and fitness. Um, and it just really stuck out to me to be often the difference. So I wanted to be the person who could um, kind of facilitate someone to do the, do that work, if you will, um, by obviously coaching and helping them with the mindset as well, alongside like coaching is a lot around mindset. Um, so I do a lot with my clients in terms of, making sure that's in the right place. And I, I've got somebody else involved, which I'm sure we'll get to um, in a little while that helps my clients with that in a, in a sports psychologist. Um, so I think, yeah, we, we've got to win the battle in the mind. Um, and if we have the mentality of the do the work mentality, then we're, we're definitely set up to win. Gotcha. I, lo- I love the explanation. And I appreciate that. And it's just it's a great way to start it out. So I'm now that the viewers kind of know a little bit about you, let's start with the bare bones basics here. Um, you know, Dale, how many clients are you serving currently? Yeah, so I'm working with 25 clients at the minute. Um, so about 20% of that is in an online capacity. Um, so at the minute, I'm working with people one-to-one online. Um, and then the remainder of that um, is my face-to-face um, clients. Um, gotcha. The, just to clarify as well, because sure. it does confuse people sometimes with the online world. It's It's one-to-one coaching in the sense of they do it themselves and I set them up. We don't do kind of one-to-one zooms if that makes sense because some yeah. there are still people doing that so um yeah so that's that's where we're at at the minute gotcha okay and i appreciate the clarity there and so you know for you dale i mean what's been the best method of getting new people interested right because i mean obviously online it's not through the door they're obviously interested what, what what's been that best method to get people you know curious about what you do and about your services I think the best way I've I've kind of learned this over the years and I wish I knew it right away is at the end of the day is getting results. Um, because if you're able to get results, then your clients are obviously going to recommend you to friends, family, etc. Um, and obviously now we have the power of social media, which wasn't necessarily in its fruition as it is now, if you will, back kind of when I started. Um, so yeah, I found at the end of the day, the biggest way to do it is is to get results from your clients, but also just to get clients to recognize that they're getting results on the journey as well, if that makes sense. So not necessarily just focusing on that, um, that arbitrary goal of maybe, you know, a certain weight on the scales or what have you, as I mentioned before, the mindset element of it, if they can recognize that week to week, they're making progress psychologically as well as physiologically. Um, they're then going to be maybe not even always telling the friends and family members, but often what people report is that 
people notice a change in them in how they are. So, you know, their loved ones, their family, their partners are saying, oh, wow, you, you need to keep doing this PT stuff because it's kind of working and you're in a much better mood and you've got more energy. Um, and then that kind of then starts to inspire them to, to then do something. And, and one of the things I've, I've kind of noticed along life, I guess, is it's kind of no good to try and tell someone to do something. It's better to show them and then hope they come along the way at some point. Um, and I kind of have that mentality with getting new clients as well. I've, I've done sales jobs and I've sold things to people, but I hate the idea of forcing or selling someone into a, into a program. I want it to be sort of right for them. Um, so I think that slow, steady approach of delivering value, delivering results will get you the client, kind of client that stays with you for a long time rather than the client that kind of, you know, churns after a month or two. And it's very rare that I take on a client who, who does that. Most of the clients that I have stay for a long time. I think that's because they come from that kind of organic path, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think that that's a big piece there. I mean, so many of what, so much of what you said, I mean, I think it is, is a great perspective for the viewers. Because I think a lot of them undermine, um, how big uh, fulfillment really is into to correlating to how many people come through your door, right? You want people to talk good about you and then it in turn brings good results of referrals or recommendations or whatever it may be. So I, I love that, Dale, such a great perspective. And so, you know, I know you're at uh, about 25 clients now, right? But let's say leads, traffic, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher can you go and what's max look like the max capacity? Yeah, so no, it's a good question. And it's kind of, it's a, it's a position that I'm in now in terms of how do you do more without overstretching and then reducing your quality of, of work and every personal trainer um, or coach is, is going to get to that point, right? Um, now I find that in terms of face-to-face, -face, like right now, I can't really do any more. If I do any more, then people around me suffer because I'm more tired, I'm busier, et cetera. And obviously, you know, just as importantly, clients suffer in terms of what I can deliver them. Um, so in terms of looking into the future for me, it's obviously growing the online element of it. Um, and I do love the idea of working with people one-to-one, -one. um, but to further grow it past, you know, that point of probably helping somewhere between the region of, I would say, you know, 10 to 15 people on a one-to-one -one level at once in terms of delivering them exactly what they need in quality coaching, um, I think is the most I could do on my own. And at that point, then, you know, it, it starts becoming to getting some help um, and, and hiring people in. And one thing I've always said is I'll hire people in to do everything else but the coaching before the coaching. Um, because, you know, if I'm still doing, say, my cleaning at home, if I'm still doing uh, the admin side of things, if I'm still doing all that stuff, um, I could get someone to do that and spend more time in the coaching side of it rather than, I suppose, trust someone with the coaching side of it. So that's definitely a progression route. And then... I think beyond that, there's also the one-to-many route, which I do like. Um, and I think that's something I'll consider a, a lower barrier to entry cost, if you will. And going back to what you said about um, leads and traffic, I think that's probably going to be in the future a, a big way to bring people in um, to then hopefully work with them on a one-to-one -one level after that. Um, so at the minute when I work with people online, they come initially for, for 12 weeks um, and, they, and they pay up for an upfront fee for that. Um, so perhaps the vision is something along the lines of get them in for, I've, I've had an idea of maybe a four week or a six week kind of habit set a program, if that makes sense, to get them started, to get them off the ground. Um, 
to get them to make an investment into themselves. And then as they start to see that momentum building, if you will, they then want to take it to the next level. Um, so I think in the future, that's how I see me driving traffic into the one-to-one side of things in terms of online. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I, I think that's awesome. I think that's that's a great point. I, th- I especially the point about like if you're doing all the things outside of, of of the of the gym or outside of the the brick and mortar. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can always you do do less there and do more here. I think that's awesome, Dale. Such a great perspective. And so, you know, I mean, kind of curious. I mean, I I was a personal trainer and I understand this completely. So. I know even one to 10 people is a lot. So being one to 20 or 25 here, it's a lot. And so how do you track these metrics? How do you know when someone has just started, if they're canceling, like, how do you know those numbers on the back end? Yeah. So I use, I use a piece of software called Trainerize, which is a, an American um, thing. Um, I've used something previously called my PT hub, which I just didn't get on with as much if I'm mm-hmm. honest. Um, and I've had Trainerize for a little while now and, don't see me using anything else um so i find that really useful to just use the um the dashboard there if you will which will show me compliance of um of clients you know so are they doing the workouts or not and what's the percentage completion of that um you know they there's an automated process in terms of how they check in each week um and it's on them to do so um at the minute i'm going through a period where i'm looking to get some as we mentioned get some help with that process um so i'm going to be taking somebody on who's going to basically check that my clients have completed that and then if they haven't chase up with that client um and then if they need any sort of support or coaching from me um that gets highlighted rather than me having to go looking for it and do the work on that if you will um so you know that's how i'm gonna improve and streamline that process which will like we were talking about before to try and grow it that's gonna kind of arm me a little bit in terms of being able to grow it without me getting stretch too far and clients getting a, a poorer service, if you will. Um, so yeah, just mainly really using using that dashboard, ensuring that week to week they're doing what they need to do. Um, they always have the opportunity to book a call with me. Again, the onus is on them for that. Um, the big thing with online coaching, I find is it's not for everyone. Um, and that's why some people need that face-to-face interaction because with online, you have to have that level of responsibility with, with yourself, you know? Um, yeah. to, to the gym and, and do the workouts and, and check in and what have you um, and then I'm there more to kind of guide them um, and on that Monday when I'll check in and feedback with them just pick up on little things maybe within the workouts that I've seen um, or, or the psychological side of things with regards to the, the check-in process I mean one thing that's been quite a bit of a light bulb moment recently one of my clients said is they use the um, the check-in as therapy for themselves like I ask them to basically assume that they're doing it for them. But the way he phrased it, um, I had to then share it with the rest of my clients. And I think the quality of the the feedback that I'm getting since I've done that has definitely improved. Um, they just use that as a self-reflection on their progress for the week. And then an opportunity to, to check in uh, or, or to set up, if you will, for the remainder of the week or for the week ahead. Um, and just thinking of it like that makes it almost a little bit more attractive to do because I think sometimes clients can see a check-in as they're doing it for you as the coach, as a, as a trainer, exactly. rather than doing it for them. Um, so I think it's important that that's, that's not laid out as an expectation, but laid out as you know how, how, it, how it should be perceived, if you will. So yeah, I think going back to the initial question, streamlining that process is going to be really important for me to allow me just to focus on the actual coaching 
rather than the admin side of things. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. I think that's going to take a lot of, a lot of the, the, the weight off your hands there. And so going to ask a little bit of a longer winded question here, Dale, but a, a good question in itself. So if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know, but um, bear with me on this explanation here. So, um, you know, Dale, uh, in the fitness and gym industry is about three pillars of business be used pretty predominantly. Right. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is marketing, getting people through the door, your acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So Dale, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Uh, for me, it's fairly obvious. Um, as in for me, I can tell where that is. So it's definitely the the volume of leads for me that, that are coming in. Um, I have to say recently, I've tried to put a lot more effort into social media. I think I tend to go through phases where I find it easy to post on social media and I'm in a good routine. Um, and then there can be periods where I just sort of can't be bothered with it. Um, so I've definitely got better at that recently because I know the impact that that can have. And especially going back to talking about the results earlier, like whenever I post client results, whether it's, you know, a, a progress photo or a transformation photo um, or a story type um, bit of social proof, you know, it gets a lot of engagement and interaction. So I definitely need to to be doing more of that to to generate more leads. Um, I'm quite confident when someone goes through that funnel, if you will, and goes through that process of making an inquiry to join the program and work with me, um, I'm quite happy with the level of you know percentages of conversions that I'm I'm getting, and I'm confident that when they kind of when they're exposed to my content, that they will get value from it. So it's it's definitely getting more eyes on that. That's I suppose, yeah, the challenge at the minute or the thing that I want to improve upon. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the honesty and transparency here, Dale. I mean, I, I, I know the fact you could put success to the side and still I admit that there's still room for improvement. I appreciate, I'm sure the viewers appreciate it. I think it's eye-opening for everybody, right? And so last two questions for you here, Dale, my two favorite questions. You know, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? For me, I just kind of love, I know it might sound like a little bit of a cliche, but I think to be a successful PT or coach, you have to really love helping people. Um, I got into coaching or PT and you know, however you want to frame it, because I think it, we all do, right? Because of an insecurity. So I know that all the people that I'm helping them have got an insecurity that they kind of want to get a handle on. And I, each and every time somebody says, thanks for that, or, you know, or I don't know, a client the other week was um, saying she always used to delete the pictures she got from young children, two years old and five years old. She wouldn't have a photo with them because of how she was embarrassed about how she looked. Um, and then she went on to say, I took a photo and it was the first one that I didn't I didn't delete, you know, for years. And it's just things like that. When I can see that people are making changes in their life and how it makes them feel, that's what makes me tick. That's what gets me out of bed at five in the morning to get in for sessions at six, you know. Um, so I don't want to lose that aspect of it. And I think that's why it comes back to like when I initially spoke to you guys and spoke to Cara about, you know, do, do you see yourself having a, a gym or like you say, something like that in the future? And it's like, I don't think I do because I like the people side of it so much that I just want to work with people and not have kind of the operational stuff in the way, um, as a responsibility. So in the future, even when it goes more in a, in a maybe a more one-to-many kind of way, if we're looking to um, scale, if you will, 
I want it to be in a position where I can still see those light bulb moments for clients still on a one-to-one basis, if that makes sense. Um, because that's what, that's what makes me keep coming back. That's what makes me want to continue to help people. And I suppose put my effort and energy into someone because I know that if I do that and if I can get them to be adherent to the program, that they will get the psychological changes, if you will. Um, for me, that's that's everything. That's what gets me up in the morning, as I say. I love that. I love that. Dale, that was a mic drop of an answer, but not the last question. So if that, if that was a place to close out, I would have left it there. But I got one more for you. My favorite question, though. Um, you know, Dale, if you can go back in time here to when you first started, you know, your business here, uh, sit yourself down with the with the knowledge you know now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? The biggest thing for me that I've found is simply just hire a mentor, get a coach, get someone that's been on the journey that you've been on. Um, you know, I didn't do that initially when I first started when I was very young at 18, 19. Um, and I guess you could say in a way I sort of failed at it the first time around because there wasn't, there wasn't the level of support back then that there is now. Um, and we're going back to sort of 2009, 2010. So I'm not talking like light years away or whatever, um, or ages ago. But the landscape has completely changed. And there's a lot of opportunity there for, you know, younger coaches now or coaches that are, you know, in the beginning of the journey, if you will, um, who are looking to sort of build a client base. And I would say, if you resonate with a particular coach, and even if it hurts you a little bit financially, um, then you should you should invest in that in that coach or mentor and and just put into practice everything um, that that they give you. Now it might be that you work with what, in my opinion, I've worked with a few different ones. I don't just put all my energy into one. I like to take what I like out of different people and then sort of input that into either my mindset or into the business. Um, and that might be that I work with someone on a short term basis or a longer term basis. But yeah, I, what I would do is I'd hire a mentor quicker um you know look to someone who's achieved what i wanted to do um and i think that would have definitely sped up my um, progress dale that was a mic drop of an answer as well man it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode but before we sign out you know please shout out your instagram facebook website anything you have where can people find out more about you guys Sure. Yeah. So um, there's a few places you can you can find me. So Instagram, it's at the do the work coach. Um, my website's do the work um, I have my own, my own podcast, which I've not actually um, not actually been very good with recently, but there's over 60 episodes on there, which is the do the work podcast. So stick that into um, Apple or Spotify. Um, the final place you could go um, is to my daily emails. So I regularly send out called daily it's probably three to five times per week um just something educational inspirational or, or motivational um and you'll find the link to register for that um on my website Dale, there you go thank you so much we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road just stick around for two more seconds if you can Dale. i'm going to sign everybody else out but i'll let you know how you're going to get the podcast i would appreciate it no problem uh, and to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Matt from Unique Gym out of Chatham, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. How are you today, Matt? I'm good, thanks. Nice to see everyone. It's great to have you here, and I'm really excited to learn more about what you're doing over there. But before we dive into that side of things, give me a very brief backstory here, Matt. What was it that led to you opening up Unique Gym? Um... Simply is something that I have done from a from a young age. Um, my parents, if you like, got me into the martial arts and the boxing industry. Um, and I guess the truth would be that I fell on a little bit of hard times. Um, I had to try and think of a way of making money without it actually costing me any money. So the only one thing I did know how to do which was boxing and kickboxing. So I just started running classes and uh, it, I never really looked back, to be fair. It was as easy as that. Boxing had your back during the difficult times. And so now here you are, you made a business out of it. Um, you are running Unique Gym. Give us your elevator pitch of your facility. Tell us who you are, all the different services you have to provide, kind of paint a picture for us so that we really understand your business model as we move forward in the conversation. Okay, so my business model is catering for the whole family. Um, it's all about family for me and making sure that if we've got a child in the class, we've got a weight training area, so parents could be working out whilst their children are taking part in a class. Um, I appreciate that time is always of the essence. People are always struggling for time. And uh, time management, I think it doesn't matter where you are in the world, it's time management. And that's what I try to really create is the time management factor where parents can still be in the same facility, still watch their, their son or daughter in participating in the class whilst they're just doing it, even a, a small bit of workout. But yeah, so catering for classes of all ages and levels um, and a whole variety of classes, really. Okay, I got that. I like that you kind of cater to the entire family. I think that um, it's sometimes hard for like parents um, to find a place in the fitness industry because they have kids and um, it's hard to find a place that welcomes everybody. So I like what you're doing. Sounds like you have, you know, some classes, you have some personal training going on. Yeah. What percentage of your business would you say is coming from the personal training side of things? I'd probably say 40% is personal training. Um, I'm very, I'm very busy and I'm very, very lucky in that respect. Um, I know there's lots of trainers out there. doesn't matter again in, in the UK or anywhere in the world, which are struggling and, um, I think I have an idea on why they're doing that and why they're struggling, but um, it's, uh, 
I don't necessarily have that problem right now, but um, but that's just like say forty percent of our business, and then we have sixty percent of which is classes, and uh, creating that group atmosphere, and um, I guess a, a case of feeling like they're part of something is uh, something which is really nice for our community. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's like for a lot of people, especially the past few years, like the one hour that they leave their house every day is to just go to the gym. So like you said, they get to feel like they're a part of something to, to being a member of your, your uh, facility. Um, now, let me ask, you said 40% of your, your business is coming from personal training. Is it just you training or do you have other trainers working for you? No. So I have me, I do have other trainers as well. I even have my, my wife, she's, um, she's now there working with me full time as well. So it's a real family unit. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, I'd say that we have four other trainers working from our facility and, um, in total. How does that work? Are they employed by you or do they like contract and pay rent in your space? Yeah. So no, basically they're, they just pay so i i'm quite lenient um i do it so they don't have to pay me a weekly amount uh, they can pay per client so that it's not costing them too much um but it's obviously introducing new people to our facility all the time as well um and creating that flexibility for the personal trainers um obviously it's, it, it can work in our favor as well because it's in their interest to want to push more hours. More hours they work, more money they're getting. So if we was just to take a, like an entrance fee per client, five, 10 pounds, let's just say, um, then obviously you've got, they're doing 10 of those a day. You're looking at, you know, even for five pounds, you know, it's, uh, it's 50 pounds per day. Um, if you was just hiring it at a hundred pound a week or a hundred dollars a week, it's it, it, that's I guess designed for the lazy PT. Uh, it just depends on the model that you want to create, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. But introducing flexibility is is always a way. Uh, if you're tying a, a PT up, that he's got to pay this and he has to do that. Um, yeah, they're not going to feel too confident with, with that, really. But it's the generic way in the commercial society. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to ultimately empower your trainers. You want to make them feel like they can make a career out of this. And so yeah. by doing it that way, you're really encouraging them to, like, work hard and get clients because they can make a lot of money, you know, if they're, if they're doing things right. Do you help feed them clients? Like, do you feed them leads or are they basically like... Yeah, loads of clients. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've actually got too many clients that I can take on personally. So um, I think just, uh, obviously, when we've, we have lots of work that comes through our website. We, we're we on like a, a main strip. So we have lots of uh, people walking by, just making general inquiries. Um so it's, it's easy to distribute that out, really. Um, and where I know the coach's strengths, I can actually push the clients to the right trainers as well. So at least then we, I personally know that, that that client there is going to get brilliant customer service and they're going to achieve what they want. And uh, once again, I think that is, uh, for me, as a gym owner, customer service is key. 
Oh, absolutely. This is a relationship building business. I went to school for hospitality, which is traveling, basically, you know, tourism. And um, I have a lot of takeaways that I was able to apply into this industry. It is a customer service relationship building business. Um, so, okay, so we talked a little bit about the personal training side of things. Now let's dive into, you know, the the classes, the group side of things. So how many clients do you have in the, as members, I suppose, of your group training um, services? Okay, so currently we have, I think it's 360 or 365 uh, active members. Okay. And when you say active members, how many days per week would you say that your typical client comes in to get a workout? Three to four times a week. Nice. So they're they're truly active there. Um, yeah. Okay. And talk to me a little bit, Matt, how have you guys gone about finding these clients? Like, Everybody is doing different things to acquire clients in this industry. And I, from most of the gym owners that I talk to, that's the number one thing that I hear people struggling with is like, hey, how do we get clients to come in the front door? So what are you doing to aid that growth process and find your clients? So this is one thing which I've never actually struggled with. Um, luckily for me, um, before even before even setting up the business, if you like, um, I was already known for for my for what I was practicing. Um, so I was already well known within the boxing for doing boxing for doing kickboxing. So within my my area, my community. Um, so on the first day of. Uh, Honestly, I, I never had actually took a class from start to finish, and I kind of just uh, winged it, if you like. Um, I had 30 people on my first day, so uh, it was pretty successful from the start. Obviously, it does go up and down. Um, what I really think it is, is a lot of it comes down to your presence, um, putting yourself out there in the community a little bit more, um, I've done it all. I've advertised in your, your local your local papers. You, I've done your social media ads, uh, flyers going around and sticking them on cars and stuff like that. Um, and I still believe that that is super important for brand awareness. That people will know who you are. Right. But when you get to a certain platform, you just think I'm not. I don't need to do that no more. No, you need to do that more than ever because that's your branding. People still need to know that you still exist. Oh, oh yeah, I do know them guys. Oh, and again, you just need to constantly be jogging people's memories. So it's, uh, I would say, um, consistency really of little ads, doing lots of different types of marketing. Um, me personally, we're on like a, I'd say, a main strip where. People are driving past all the time. I know lots of uh, facilities are in units and on the back streets. We're not on the back street. So um, we get a lot of passing trade from that perspective. So um, got a lot of visual. Um, but I can see where the people are on the, in the units and stuff like that, industrial estates and stuff, they would need to be trying to get themselves a lot more seen because they're not visible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky yeah. one. I, uh, you touched on a lot of things there and, um, you know, a little bit 
of you said you know a little bit of word of mouth and being involved in the community but like I always tell people that has to be supplemented with other forms of advertising because no matter how good our word of mouth is that's not really a predictable way for us to grow we can't just count on people talking in order for us to grow our business we have to get out there in the community and you said you know flyers social media things like that um on a normal month like what does your advertising look like are you doing ads every single month or you just kind of do them here and there yeah, so I'm like the worst person to speak to you about that. I don't do any <laughs> advertising. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I say, we've been running for 15 years. Um, and I guess the, the, strength, the strength of of our advertising is when we take people to competitions. We take people to competition they win, they share that on their social media. That is a form of advertising. People winning competitions. We're very active within the competition side of things. So, um, and that again is another version of marketing, but it's just in a, in a different way that we do it. So friends and family are there taking pictures, share those pictures. Our name is attached to those pictures. So um, it then helps us to grow even more if you like. And uh, I would say it's the competition side. We, we're massively heavy on. Interesting. So if you take somebody to a competition and they post about it on their social media, how many new leads would you say or new members that you're bringing into the business? I'd say you'd get two to every, every, every one time, I guess, that uh, someone competes. Okay. Yeah, but definitely an inquiry. You definitely get a lead. You definitely get a lead. Um, and then what can also happen is people that have previously been to your facility, which are also friends within that their little circle, if you like, then want to, it relights some fire within them and they say, oh, actually, do you know what? I want to get back down there. So it could be that you, they were a member of one time, um, miss it, don't really know how to engage that. See that post, see that person winning, they thought they were better than that person or whatever, or they were, you know, within them times of uh, training with that alongside them individuals, oh, that could have been me. And uh, it just sparks up a bit more of an interest. And then before you know it, they, they can be back in your gym and uh, being an active member. Okay. Now at 360 members, is that a place where you feel pretty good and comfortable or are you in a position where, you guys could take on more members? No, not really. Um, I couldn't really take on any more, which would then lead me to, um, like we were saying earlier on, um, there is definitely scope for me to open a second one. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it'd be just coming down to, to costs really. Um, and, what's happening within the world, financial world, really. Um, so sometimes it's nice, uh, it's a nice place to be. It's a nice place to be that we've, we're very active within uh, our members. But what can happen and which does happen is because we can't please all of them. And uh, 
despite how much I really try my hardest for the customer service part of it, there will always be someone that feels that we're missing them out um, or we haven't included them in some respect. And um, so that's where the, it, it does fluctuate. So sometimes as soon as we start to think that we're on an all-time great, you know, we're doing amazing, boom, it drops down five. Why did it drop down five? It could be change of circumstances. You know, uh, we didn't reach out to certain people. You know, we, yeah. we don't really get the opportunity to ask them before they leave. Why are you leaving? You know, uh, no, I will, uh, tell you, I will tell you, Matt, I've experienced the same thing. I told you, you know, earlier on that I have a CrossFit gym. And let me tell you, post COVID in 2021, we were experiencing early 2021, we were experiencing really bad retention problems. We would yeah. gain 10 members and we would lose nine. So it was like, we were really only gaining one member a month, right? And man, does that, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we started looking at things a little bit differently. And that is, you know, what value are we providing to our members to make them want to stick around for the long haul? Um, and so that's when we started like offering um, more accountability. So we would check yeah. in with our clients more frequently. We would set up like automated check-ins and things like that. We started offering nutrition advice, nutrition support, um, nutrition programs if people wanted it. Um, challenges for people stuff like that we started adding more services adding supplements just different things to help our clients see success and that really really helped initially I thought oh it's you know we're not we're not creating enough camaraderie for our members we're not um, having enough events but I just kind of changed the scope like why are people leaving why are they going somewhere else well it's because we're not providing them enough value so are you guys providing extra services on top of the classes at all? Yeah, so um, I generally do get asked quite a lot uh, about nutrition. Um, can we write them out food plans? Um, you know, what to do outside of the gym if they're not there. Um, it can become quite taxing because I don't actually charge for any of those extras um so it's kind of a service where i think well you know again i want to i want to be there for my customers and if it's a, a supplement if you like uh with an addition that it's going to get the best out of those people whilst they're at our facility and they're not going to get that anywhere else i, I don't i know they're not going to get that anywhere else everywhere else you're going to charge you for that so um it's not about the money it's about the service i can provide um we have the protein shakes and all that kind of stuff as well so okay i get that but also like are you why are you afraid of like by you not charging for giving nutrition guide nutrition support yeah. you're devaluing yourself and i think that you're a really valuable person and i've only been talking to you for 28 minutes um and i think that your clients would agree um our clients ultimately want to see success so if you're charging them something for nutrition they're gonna pay it because they trust you so like why are you devaluing yourself and not adding that on as an extra 
Uh, that is a good question. I guess the reason I'm not using it as an extra is because I'm, I'm using it as part of the service that you will never get at um, another facility like ours. Um, and that being me, if you like. So you can go and you can go and try out, you know, down the road and uh, see what it's like, but they're not going to be able to give you that extra bit of service. And like, I don't want it to always be about the money. Uh, I, I, I feel that people really can sense that. Um, when you're passionate about what you do, your member retention will stay a little bit more. It's um, the money will come. It takes us some time, obviously, but uh, when you're really passionate about what you're doing, and that will create a good aura, and I believe that you'll be doing what you're doing at the best of your possible ability. Um, it won't take long for people to really think, no, I, and they will try. They will go somewhere else, and you'll be angry about it. But you also got to them just. No, trust the process. They're going to come back because it's just you're not going to get it anywhere else. You know, the, the fact that we're prepared to go just that bit more, um, add more for less. And I appreciate, you know, that I could charge. I could charge and everybody would pay me. That's for sure. Um, I just feel that, you know, from, from my perspective, I'm there for every, I try to be there for every single one of my members. Um, Absolutely. And I think that you can still be there for your members and provide yeah. advice without charging. But I do think that when we're thinking about, you know, additional layers here to help our clients see success, we can't charge extra for a custom nutrition plan. We could Absolutely. charge extra for a whole kind of nutrition guide. Hey, this is your macros. This is what you need to eat. And we're going to check in with them once a day, right? Those, those are things that we can charge extra for. But if you're just providing advice, like, of course, like as a gym owner, that's what you do. Your clients yeah. want to know what yeah. you're doing. They want to feel like you support them and you trust them. And I think that that's totally fine to do. But if we're looking at, okay, what additional layer of value can we bring to help our clients really succeed and, and see success in our program so they don't want to leave six months down the road? Well, we could look at adding in, you know, different programs like nutrition, et cetera. Um, but that's just a, you know, an additional thought here. Now, before we run out of time, I have a few more questions that I want to ask. Yes, you. Let's so, do it. Next question that I have for you, Matt. What would you consider to be your biggest challenge, your biggest bottleneck when it comes to the business side of things? And what are you actively doing to kind of overcome that? I think it's there's just as much value in us talking about the good stuff as there is the stuff that is kind of a hardship. <laughs> Cleaning. <laughs> uh, obviously, the... Everyone assumes that you're living the dream, you know, when you're you're running a gym or uh, or something like that. Um, yeah, we have cleaners and stuff, and you know, but I, I would say it's um, people will never respect your equipment or facility because they're paying to use it, right? So I guess it, sometimes you you see things and you think to yourself. Do you have an idea on how much that costs? Why would you just throw that there or just leave that there or, 
and stuff like that. But I think that is the gym industry in, as a whole. Uh, I've trained in gyms. I've been that person as well. So uh, I completely understand it. Um, uh, hard things, uh, I guess it is trying to work with people which are like-minded um, and have people that are prepared to try to push, if you like, your business and and be as passionate about it, which I find it never really happens. Um, doesn't matter how much you seem to pay them overly, it's still, it's never going to keep them up at night because it's yours. Um, they just, you know, they're going to turn up tomorrow. They're going to get their wages. They're going to meet their criteria, And that's pretty much um, how it is. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, sometimes trying to find really motivated people to drive um, your business, perhaps, is, is the way I'd see it. That's quite a tough one. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, there's nobody like there's nobody that can run our business or coach like we can. And so it is sometimes difficult to find that perfect person. But I also kind of usually like to look at it as, you know, what are we doing to provide like the ultimate experience for somebody to thrive like while working with us? And it sounds like your compensation structure is really good. Um, and that definitely probably motivates people to want to work with you in terms of hiring. Um, is that something that you're kind of actively doing right now, or is it just kind of like when the opportunity comes knocking, you know, you look at, uh, a prospect. I try to keep a really tight ship. Um, I don't like changing the team around too much, um, We have, we have a whole mixture of characters, that's for sure. Um, and I think it attracts all different types of individuals. Um, but the only reason I say I don't try to introduce anyone new necessarily is because sometimes it can, it, can, it can look or ca cause unnecessary tension within the group that we already have. Um, unfortunately, despite it not being... Uh, an issue sometimes uh, it, the smallest of things can be blown out of proportion so um but yeah we have a good little team um very rarely do do we have people leave and if they do leave it's probably after a few years um and then obviously we just try to find someone to fill that that job role really and uh it, why do people leave? I'd say it's their ambition, right? Some people want to try and chase them up to up another level themselves, and rightly so. So I'm there in support in doing that, and um, I just hope that I have helped them increase a platform and a reputation to be able to take themselves up to another level as well. Um, I'm not I'm not in it for being negative um, about people trying to you know take take themselves up. Yep. Final kind of question that I have for you here is if I were to hand you a magic wand, all your goals and dreams for a unique gym have come true. You've reached them all. What would that picture look like for you? Um, I would probably, I probably would go for a bigger facility. Um, 
I probably would have a bigger facility and I'd probably just hire a few more staff, really. Um, yeah. Uh, again, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Like I said, I was working on a project for two years prior to the coronavirus coming. So I had all the plans on exactly what the perfect model was going to be in my eyes. Um, the issue I have that I have dealing with now is I have to devote three times the amount of time for near enough the same amount of income. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, <laughs> it has to weigh up. But yeah, I mean, a magic wand, uh, just a, I'd say just a bigger facility with uh, more for my customers. And what role like do you foresee yourself playing as the business grows? Like, obviously, you know, you're spending a lot of time in the business, in the day to day. Yeah. Do you foresee yourself ever getting the business going to a point where it's possible for you to kind of step out of the day-to-day -day a little bit and work more on the business itself? I have I have had the opportunity to do that from time to time. Um, I have had some really good people that have, that have been motivated and led the way um, where I have took a step back. And then it comes back to what I was just saying a moment ago, where unfortunately I have to then jump back into role because they find a little bit, they don't get as motivated or they start slacking and it dips back down. And, and it's, no, it's no fault of theirs, but obviously when they see everything being a success, they then wonder, why am I doing that for them? They're wreaking all the benefits. However, it doesn't matter how much you seem to be doing for them. Um, and then the chances are is that they'll probably then want to try to level up themselves and think, well, I'm pretty much running this show. I'm going to do it myself. And, uh, and, and then the reality kicks in. that It's not as easy as... Uh, no, but yeah, so... Yes, I would love to. I would love to have someone. Um, and uh, like I say, I have, I have had that opportunity... Uh, from time to time but um, again it comes just down to how much to, uh, that person really really is in love with uh, I think the only way that would work is if I was to give someone a share a share in the in the business interesting yeah. yeah I also think like having like clear systems and procedures in place for literally everything in your business can help make that process of like stepping out and giving somebody a little bit more responsibility and more of a reality. Um, because I know like personally, like for us, when we decided to step out a little bit, like things started to go a little bit crazy. Um, and so <laughs> yeah. I had to, like, take a look um, and see, okay, well, what, what systems can we create to like really streamline this so that it's like plug and chug for our staff. They can just plug things in and, and take it and roll with it. Um, so I'm excited to see how your business is able to evolve. I mean, you've been doing this for 16 years, so, um, you're obviously doing something right. And I'm excited yeah. to see how it's able to kind of continue to evolve. Matt, what's the, what's your Instagram page? Where can our listeners go to find out more information about unique gym? So it's actually unique gym Medway. So you can find us at unique gym Medway on Instagram, um, and on Facebook, um, they're the main ones that I use, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Easy enough. 
Thank you for being here today, for sharing your insight. Listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Martin from Gibson Performance Training in Capitol Heights, Maryland. What's up, Martin? How are you today? What's going on? I'm happy. I'm happy. I, I got a little break, so uh, I'm happy to spend my break time with you guys. Cool. Glad to hear that. Thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. All righty. So let's jump into the details wasting no time what is it that made you want to own your own gym how did you get started what's the the backstory there okay so uh growing up pretty much uh, I'm, I'm one of uh, six boys uh single mom my, my dad uh passed away when when i was three uh so as far as the training aspect um i, I was invited to a uh top 150 camp uh, on the East Coast, and it was at uh, Penn State during the time. So it's very similar to what we might call the opening now. Uh, well, I went, I went to this, this uh, showcase combine, and I was unfamiliar with the speed ladder. And I remember a coach pulling me to the side and was like, you sure you were invited here? And I'm like, yeah, my name was on the list, things like that. Uh, so, I mean, I tested well. It's just my technique was a little off. Uh, but like I said, we went through the speed ladder. I was unfamiliar with it, so I didn't do so well. I didn't look comfortable uh, in the speed ladder. And everyone else were, was was going through it, you know. And uh, I just remember him pulling me to the side. And I just told him, I said, Coach, when we started doing football drill, like when we start playing the game of football, you'll see why I'm, I'm here. And once we started doing one-on-ones and things like that, I, I kept looking over to the coach. And I remember after everything was over, he was just like, you can play the game of football, but you need to learn some of these, some of these techniques. Mm -hmm. But uh, back in the, back when I played, I was about to say back in the day, I'm not that old, but I am a little (laughs) old, but like uh, it it, it just trainers in my area was, it wasn't popular. So everyone didn't have like the, the the proper training. Uh, So, and that's something I kind of realized. And as I went to college, I went to Villanova university and I, you know, I spent more time around the training trainers and stuff like that. And I started realizing the things that, it, that we didn't have back here. Uh, and that's really what started the whole thing. And, and I used to always say, if I, if I had a chance to play in the league, I would always give back, but I would always try to educate uh, the kids down in this area, but also the coaches and, and um, 
uh, possibly have like a training company. And uh, three days before my pro day, I tore my hamstring. And of course, I'm, I'm, I'm upset, frustrated, whatever it may be. And that takes time to heal. But I just always look at it like things happen for a reason. And, and that's what got me going. Um, I ended up getting a job and I ended up starting a, uh, a small gym in my mom's basement and a house basement. It's, it's very small, but I started with a yoga ball and two five-pound dumbbells from sports authorities. Um, and from that, uh, my best friend was my first client. Next thing I know, I had another client. Next thing I know, I had another client. So, and we're doing hour workouts. So I'm trying to be creative in this hour, but also trying to make sure these people hit their goals. And luckily, the three people I had, they were trying to lose weight. So I was able to just do, do exercises where we didn't really need much equipment, where it was more like cardio, things like that. Uh, so basically, I just took the money, never spent the money, and I just kept piling up. And eventually, I, I uh, started coaching at a high school, started getting athletes in, I started training more and more athletes, started buying a little bit more equipment, but I'm still also, uh, you know, just piling money up in the bank and not spending it. Then it, it got to a point, and it's probably 10 or 11 years I did that, right? 10 or mm -hmm. 11 years I did that. And at this point, uh, I brought my brother in. He, he helped me out, and I brought another guy in to help me out. But we're in a small basement, and uh, I just decided then that it was time to get a, a, a building. So at this point, we helped like 261 kids receive scholarships. Wow. Well, right. So at that point, I just said, hey, we, we got something, you know, but we need a bigger space because it, it was just it was just too crowded in this basement. Uh, I ended up getting a thousand square foot building, a retail building. Uh, and everybody thought I was crazy turning this thousand square foot building into a gym. But the I laughed because what I was used to was something way smaller than that. Mm -hmm. and I turned that into a gym. So uh, when I when I cleaned it out and, and I turned that into a gym people were surprised and at that point you know we had more and more people coming in and of course we we outgrew that gym within probably like the first six months wow but I had to honor yeah I had to honor the lease and then after that now we're in a 5,000 square foot building there so you go. it's 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 been great it's been great and we we've 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 turned out some great great uh athletes and non-athletes so it's been it's been great yeah, absolutely. Quite the story there, starting from basically nothing, right? The uh, medicine ball or the, um, what'd you say? Was it uh, a yoga ball? Two, two. Yeah, yoga ball and two five-pound dumbbells. Yeah, yeah. To where you are today in a 5,000 square foot facility. I mean, that's that's huge. Yes. Good for you. So are, are you doing training only with athletes or do you do general population training as well? Or how does that work? No, we, we, we do it all. So we do general population. We also do athletes. Mm -hmm. uh, and now I have a physical therapist in here that works here. So uh, people that have injuries and things like that, they, they go see the physical therapist. And then once they're clear, uh, once they clear through the doctor and the physical therapist, uh, we add the strength part to it if, if need be. So it's like a one-stop shop. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And how does your business model work are you doing group classes semi-privates one-on-ones a little bit of everything what's the layout like there 
a little bit of everything. So, so we have, we have like our adult boot camps. We have those early in the morning because of course, most, uh, most of our adults are either they, they, they work at night. So they're trying to come in and work out right after work, or they mm-hmm. feel like they won't work out at all. Or uh, you have the adults that's trying to work out just before work. So they'll come in in the morning, but then we also have a class in the evening because of course, the adults were complaining that they didn't wake up that early and they wanted to kind of work out after uh, work. So I'm just trying to honor those those two groups. Um, but then also we have our clients that come throughout the day. And those are normally like like your individual clients. Um, but when 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 uh, when our athletes or college kids come home, they will usually work out during the day because that's the time that they're free and they they usually want their evening time to themselves and we try to respect that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we pretty much touch, we pretty much touch all, all, all types of people. Awesome. Okay. And how many clients or members are you currently serving at your facility? So last week we were at 203. Okay. So we were at 203. Now, uh, of course that's, that's also counting some of the kids that are now gone and, and uh, off to college uh, and things like that. But yeah, r- right now we're looking at 203. Got it. Okay. And are you looking to grow that number? Uh, yes and no. So it's, as long as, as long as I can bring in, as long as I can bring in trainers that, that, that follow our model and we're, we're family oriented, you know, um, and I would say pretty much every every trainer that comes in here, even our physical therapists, it's it's about the passion, it's about the love that we have to help individuals, and it's not about the money. Uh, now, of course, we we all still got to get paid. Don't don't get me wrong in, in that aspect because we still got bills. But I love dealing with people that love what they do, and I feel like when you love what you do, you're gonna do you're gonna do everything it takes to get this person to reach their goals and. And even, you know, as a trainer, you're, you're more than that. You actually, a lot of times become the, the mentor, the big brother, the uncle, the, you know, wh- whatever it takes. Sometimes you, sometimes you're just the, the sounding board. Uh, mm-hmm. You're just listening to your client vent and things like that. So uh, as long as I can bring in quality people in like that, and, and uh, I, I think we'll be fine to just continue to bring in more people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about the, the opportunity to help more people. Right. So even if it's not about the money, the money obviously comes along with that. But the more people that are in your gym overall, the more people you're helping. So that's really what it's about at the end of the day. Um, So how do you go about acquiring new people or letting people know where you are, what you do, what you've got going on in your gym? How do you get the word out there? So one of the one of the biggest things, and I and I've always said this, even when we were in the house, is is the the biggest thing is what, the biggest advertisement is word of mouth, right? So, uh, and and also too from the success of our clients, that kind of does a lot of the talking for us. Um, and we we've been fortunate enough to to, to kind of help some of these star athletes to have these names like a Saquon Barkley, like a, a Chase Young, a Swift Jerry Heard, a Jalen Smith, like, so when all these guys kind of have success um, in college and also at the pro level, it kind of brings attention to us anyway. Uh, 
Um, but we also, we're also tied into a nonprofit. So I also have a nonprofit that's named after my grandmother. So we, so when these kids come in, they're not only getting better as an athlete or a non-athlete or whatever it may be, but we also have our community events that I make it mandatory for them to participate in. And I think that kind of teaches them to be uh, all around uh, people. Uh, so even in that aspect, you know, you end up getting people because people have questions as to how the program works, how do we get started? A lot of times just telling the story as to how we got started. Uh, sometimes I have parents who just want kids to be around us because it kind of gives them hope that, hey, just because you started at this level doesn't mean you have to end at this level. And if, you know, with hard work, you can get to so many different levels. Uh, but another thing that we do, I mean, you got social media. That is probably a big, uh, a big free platform to advertise. Uh, but then, too, you have, like, different games that we, that we go out to. Um, I know I'll go out to a lot of local high school games. And then a lot of times we're traveling to these college games. And, and of course, people are um, they're either on that athlete's page and they kind of can see my face or they might walk over, ask questions. And I usually always got business cards. So whether I'm in the, the mall or, or grocery store or whatever it may be, I'm usually probably wearing something with the label on it. Uh, so people kind of tie in that label uh, with our faces as trainers. And, and that's an easy conversation piece. Mm -hmm. Now, is consistent, reliable growth something that you... value in the business or that you the only reason I ask this is because all of those forms of advertising marketing are great they're just not consistent or reliable right it's like on a monthly basis you might have 10 new people that come in through those forms word of mouth referrals organic social media uh and the next month you might have two Right. So it becomes really hard to track or maybe they're bigger numbers. Maybe it's 20, maybe it's 10, one month, you know, wherever those numbers fall. It's just not something that you can say, OK, I can rely on the fact that I am 100 percent going to have X amount of people walk in the doors on a monthly basis, which makes it hard to scale and grow because if you can't track it, you can't grow it. So is that something that you value within the business, having a consistent, reliable, sustainable system for growth or kind of where are you at there so so a couple of things um i do i do rely on it in in, in a, a in a way but also in the way i feel like if you do it the right if you if if when people come in here and you're doing it the right way and you're treating them the right way it's going to grow anyway um, I feel like a lot of times when you sit there and it's like, hey, how do I get more people in the door? Sometimes you get them in the door for just that month and then they're gone the, the following month because they feel like, hey, you didn't pay attention to them enough or you, there's so many people in, you know, in a group at one time and they didn't want to be in a big group or whatever it may be. So a lot of times when every time when people come in, we focus on them and by focusing on them, it has grown through that, like even do, during the pandemic, our numbers shot up, we doubled. And mm -hmm. that's just like, to me, it's, it, it's because during that time of the pandemic, people panicked. People, you know, people didn't want to be in groups. People didn't want to uh, even be close to one another because of what was going on. 
And during those times, for our numbers to shoot up and double, I thought that was even crazy within itself. But then also, too, we don't have 30 trainers in here. So I got to also make sure we have enough slots for the people that want to come in. Now, it's times also where I have to put people on a waiting list until we have a slot that's open. So, I mean, now what's, what's big now is that a lot of people want individual training, which is cool, but we got we to gotta be able to accommodate that. And I want to make sure if I was to bring a trainer in, like I said, like we don't, because we don't bring a cancer into our group. I want to make sure whoever we bring in is going to do it the right way and is going to focus on treating the clients the right way and that, that will grow itself. So, so I mean, I've, 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 I've focused on that and I've focused on that since I've been in the basement and it's worked and it's, it, and it, it has grown each and every month. And I'm, I'm happy with that. And uh, I know a lot of times people ask me, uh, do I mail out flyers to, you know, the, the, the neighborhoods and things like that? No, I've, I've never done that because if I was to send it out and, and 300 people came back or hundred people tried to come in, we don't, we don't have the manpower to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just wouldn't make sense for us to do that. Yeah. So this is just something that I always struggle with internally is people always tell me that it's about helping people and changing lives, but then they, they're kind of resistant to growth and getting more people in the door and helping more people and so it's kind of like counterproductive in my mind, you know, it doesn't like, it doesn't add up. So that's why, do you think that you can't deliver a high quality product to a large number of people at the same time? No, I, I, I think you can, I think you can. And, and, and I think when people come through the door, like, so, so for instance, if I, if I got a group of 20, I might have two or three females that feel like, hey, they need more attention. Mm-hmm. And this is where, hey, maybe the group of 20 doesn't work for you. Maybe you want a, 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 a private group, a small private group, which, mm-hmm. which costs more. But, hey, this is, this is what's going to work for you. So trying to figure out what works for each individual. Right. And, and, of course, I think a lot of times when people first come in, especially if people are not used to working out and things like that, it's they don't see themselves paying so much money for fitness. And sometimes you have to almost educate them as to what they're really paying for. And you're paying because the, the, the knowledge of the trainer that you're trying to use, you're trying to reach this certain goal, but you want your trainer to be educated on this, this, and this. And this trainer needs this, this amount of training, this amount of education. And that trainer has to pay for that education. So when, a lot of times when you break it down to people as to how it works, because a lot of times people just, if, if you don't know no better, or you didn't really grow up around trainers or gyms, you just feel like it's a, it's a guy or girl in here just telling us what exercises to do. And I don't see why we have to pay them X amount of dollars to do that. So a lot of times people think, hey, I'll just, I'll buy me a, a, a videotape and I'll just work out and I'll do it, do it on my own. And that's them not understanding who they really are. Some people can do that and be disciplined enough to do it, but some people need that push. So it's about figuring out who you are. And sometimes as a trainer, as you're training these individuals, you're kind of figuring them out too, like who they really are. Yeah, for sure. But it's also our job to build the value and show that value to the clients 
on the front end, right? Build the value of what it is that we provide, the level of service that we provide, the results that they're going to get by training here. And so with that being said, on the front end, when people come in or just overall, are there any other levels of service that you provide, whether that be nutrition, accountability, anything else that really helps to really pack on the value, especially on the front end, to get people really committed to the programming and actually getting results? Because People more so, they're not afraid to spend money. They're afraid to commit to something that they're unsure of, right? So that's why like a lot of people will come in, industry average is three to six months that people stick around in a gym, which isn't a long time, right? So mm -hmm. if we can really pack on the value on the front end, really get them in, get them committed for even a shorter period of time, even if it is a month with the added value, but they're actually showing up to class. They're actually improving their nutrition. They're drinking more water. They're changing their habits and they see results. Then they're going to stick around. So I guess my question for you is what does that front end kind of process look like and how are you conveying the value to people when they do come in the door so that this is a place that they want to be? So yes, we, we, we provide the nutrition, we, we take our pictures, we, we do our measurements, we, we, do, we do everything. Uh, we explain things to them. Uh, uh, they also know that they can, they can call, they can text, you know, we'll answer those questions. Uh, I mean, it's even to the point where uh, if, say if I know, okay, one of your weak points is Chipotle. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, me, me, so what I'll do is I might text you and say, hey, if you were to go here, this is this is what I want you to stay away from, right? I mean, if, if, that's, if that's the only option that you have, this is what you're going to stay away from. I do the same thing with guys that's on the road or girls that's on the road when, when they're at certain spots and they feel like, hey, it's nothing healthy around me, but I do have this, then I'll go up and I'll look up the menu and see what do they have and tell them, hey, order this, but take this out, take this out and things like that. To piggyback on what you talked about, I asked this question during the pandemic. What was one of the first things people would, would let go? And one of the first things when it came down to pandemic, because people were talking about uh, possibly losing their job or money being tight and things like that. And the first thing that I always hear about that people would say is a membership and, and, and training because they feel like, hey, that's, that's one of the things that I don't really need. That's one of the things I can kind of go without if need be. Uh, so I, I get what you're saying and I, and I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's because of the demographics or whatever, but I, I know in this area where I'm at, people will be willing to, um, not pay for a personal trainer, but maybe pay $10 to go to Planet Fitness because in their minds, they're saying, Hey, I'll just go every three, I'll go three times a week and I'll go to Planet Fitness and I'll work out and things like that but of course you go ahead and do that and then three days become two two days become one one day become i'll go next week i'll go two weeks after that before you know it you back to where you started and then they're they're back in outdoor basically saying hey this is something that i just didn't have the discipline to do so um i mean we we off we offer like all this i mean you're going to get all this attention but at the end of the day like i said it's all about figuring out who you are. 
And I, I feel like by educating people on who they are, because a lot of times, a lot of times to me, I, I don't think people want to face that they're not disciplined. People mm-hmm. sometimes, people sometimes don't, don't want to hear that. Uh, uh, trying to, trying to cut corners. People don't want to hear that, but a lot of times that's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're sitting there saying, instead of going to the grocery store and buying this, these healthy foods, I'm going to get this and get this because this tastes good to me. And I don't like doing this, like doing that. Like I, I heard during a pandemic that healthy foods are very expensive. Well, I'm also saying the Jordans are expensive. You know, some of the clothing that we buy are expensive, but it's what's important to you. And that's what we got to figure out what's important to you and why is it important to you? So, and that, that to me comes down to who you really are. Like you trying to figure out why are you quick to buy the Jordans, but you're not quick to take care of your body. So, Right. Well, that's the thing. It's perceived value, right? It's like people yeah. are still buying Jordans. People are still buying houses. People are still buying cars. Right. But it's like yeah. the way that I like to look at it is that like, if I were to sell you a Ferrari and tell you it costs $400, would you buy the Ferrari? Probably. No, right. Be. You would probably Not drive it too. Right. So it's like, if we can really build that value for them and show them the services that we're providing that, you know, chances are they're going to stick around even when things get tough. Right. If they really understand what it is that they're getting from the services that we're providing, they see the results, they feel better than they ever have. They're probably going to stick around. It's just figuring out what does that, how do we get to them at that level? Mm hmm. I mean, I, I get you. Like, even even if you if you tried to sell me a Ferrari for four hundred, that might be something that I would question because it's like, is that a real Ferrari? What's what's wrong with it? Why is it so Why is it so cheap? Because I'm so used to a Ferrari being more than four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. If, if if this is kind of making sense, so it's like I, I get what you're saying. Like, hey, if you can get if you can get this product at a cheaper rate, would you jump at it? Some people would. Because, but then, then again, it's what, what are you jumping at it for? And some people you wouldn't get to jump at it because they know the price of a Ferrari. So they would feel like a 400 Ferrari is like something is, something is wrong here. Mm-hmm. Something's not right here. And I don't want to spend that money. But then it, like you said, it's, it's about perception. How, why, why do you have some people that's quick to buy it? And why do you have some people that's sitting back saying, nah, that's, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, again, it's like, why do people spend $4,000 on a handbag that's the same that they could get at JCPenney for literally thousands of dollars less, right? It's perceived value. So it's really, how do we crack the code? How do we show people the value behind the services that we're providing to make them spend the money? I'm not talking about discounting prices. Maybe the Ferrari example wasn't good. I'm just talking about like, you want the value in their mind to be so high that it's dumb for them to not do it. You know, like if people feel like they would feel stupid not doing it because it's like, and I'm talking about like, a Ferrari in perfect condition. Like we got all the reports, we got all the papers, everything's good to go, but it only costs $400. Like you would be stupid to not buy it. Right. So that's what I mean. Like we want the value to be so high that people are like, I got to figure out a way to make this work. 
Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, so with that being said, a lot of times people that's walking through the door, they, they've already followed us on social media. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they see the, the clientele that we, that we're working with. And a lot of times, like I said, through, through uh, word of mouth. So a lot of times people that's walking in, they either had a friend, a family member, or they know of someone that's worked out here, that's had success and things like that. So when they walk in, uh, they already have this, this perception of the price is going to be here. Mm-hmm. And then the moment that we, we tell them what the price is and what comes with it, it, it does blow their mind. It does like it, like in, in their minds, they're saying, I get all of this and I get a chance to reach my goal. Like you help my friend out, you know, and things like that. So I, I okay. I, I, I'm on the same page with you now. I got you. Yeah. I got yeah. You. Right. So yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the services that you're providing are so out of this world that the price isn't really a factor, right? Because it's like, I'll find the money to make this work because the value there is so high that I'm not going to find this anywhere else. And I would be dumb not to do this. Right. right? It's like, right. that's what we want to create on the, especially on the front end. And then once they get in the doors, it's like under promising over delivering, really making sure yeah. that that fulfillment level stays really, really high so that they're sticking around for long periods of time, not three months, not six months. You know, we want them for years. It's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. So, you know, it's, we want to keep the people that are in the doors then, um, then always just focus on, on the front end and have people leaving on the back end every month. You know, a lot of people get to a position where they have a certain amount of number members, but they've been there for years. Right. Because it's like they get a few people in on a monthly basis and a few people leave and then we just stay the same and it stays the same and it stays the same and we can never break past that. Um, But I mean, I kind of am going on a tangent there, but that's a lot of times that's what what happens because people just aren't sticking around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 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 luckily with us, we 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 have our non athletes, but luckily with us, we have a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. at this point so I mean we we still deal with our non-athletes but luckily with the athletes it's it's by season so say I would say December through I would say December through um July we 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 have football guys galore in here correct mm-hmm. and then um I'm going to say around March, April is when our basketball guys get to go in, high school guys. And they'll be in here until uh, they'll be in here until September, like first week of October. So then we have a little downtime in October, probably about three weeks. And then football ends in November. And that's when we kind of pick it back up. Mm-hmm. So we, we have about like a, I'll, I'll say a month, I'll say about a month, month or so where it's, it's, uh, it's down a little bit from our high school athlete standpoint. But then it's, it's like right after that, it's like we, we rate back to the rush. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Yep. So, so it's, 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 it's like that, but it, it seems like it grows every off season with these, these uh, teams. Mm-hmm. And on the, uh non-athlete side of things because the athletic side of things tends to be a little bit more seasonal right it's like when athletes are in season you're a little busier and then sometimes it goes down a little bit goes up it's kind of kind of ebbs and flows but on the 
non-athlete side of things, the general fitness side of things, that tends to be more consistent across the board, you know, whether you're an athletic training facility and you've got general population, whether you're a martial arts facility and you've got general population, typically that provides the solid foundation for the business to rely on. Um, so on that side of things, how do you structure your memberships? Do you do like 12 months, six months, uh, class packs? How do you structure things on that side? Uh, we do three months. So okay. we do, we, yeah, we, we, we do three, we do three months at a time. Uh, and actually the, the membership is, is packed into the, so if, if, um, if someone came in and they did a, uh, they did a group, group session, mm-hmm. right? Uh, depending on whether they did a small group or whether they did the large group, their membership will be discounted, right? Uh, if they did one-on-ones because they're, because they're doing one-on-ones and because, um, uh, because of the, the COVID and things like that and, and because you can only have so many people in here, like so a lot of times people, like adults that went to one-on-ones, they came out of groups during the COVID. Uh, we had to go up because of one, the cleaner products, and then two, the amount of people that we can even have in the gym. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it, it was it was about making a certain amount per hour. So if, if we had three one-on-ones in here, that means we couldn't have anybody else in here. And because of that, the price had to go up and people understood that because it was about paying for them to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that that every change that we went through, everyone was, everyone seemed to be very understanding. I, I'll say that. Uh, I don't know if, if they closed the door and said something else, but uh, I know when we sat down and we all talked, it seems like everybody was, because to me, it was all about them being comfortable. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was my thing. Like, like you know, you all, are com- you all are coming in during this time and you all are supporting us. You, you, you know, you're supporting the gym. You guys could say, no, you're not going to work out. You're going to stay home. And, you know, they, they have every right to do that, but they didn't. And, and I'm very appreciative of that. And I just wanted to make sure that they had no issues after they left or even when they entered the gym. Yeah, absolutely. And so why don't you offer a longer term membership, like a 12 month? Uh, I, I just do three months because it, it to, to me, like, um, even when, when I first moved out of the house and we, we got into the, the retail building, people felt like a year was kind of, uh, they felt like they didn't want to be obligated to a year pricing. So it was like, okay, cool. I went to six months. And then it just seemed like that was a 50-50 of, they felt like, ah, uh, they, they, it still felt like, why do I got to tie into six months, three months, they felt okay with. And that's when I said, okay, we'll do three months. But of course, I mean, all those people that, that signed up for three months are still here now, but I, it's all about making them feel comfortable. And I'm all about making those adjustments. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, if if you had a problem with people sticking around longer than three months, then I guess it would be more of an issue. But it's like I always look at it as like we know people need to stick to their routine. Like it's not just something that you do for three months and then you stop. Right. So I always looked at it as, yeah, they should be committing for 
12 months, right? And in in the position of ownership, I mean, you have the final say. People always get caught up in like contracts and people have had bad experiences at big box facilities and they don't like to do contracts because of that. But it's like, at the end of the day, you're in control of that, right? It's like, you don't have to chase somebody down and send them to collections if you don't want to, right? But right. if we can get them to commit for a longer period of time, then it makes things a little bit easier just keeping people for a longer period of time. And it's just a little bit less work on our end if we don't have to keep up with that constantly. Um, yeah. And if your level of fulfillment stays up, then, you know, shouldn't be an issue anyways, right? People should right. be sticking around for longer periods of time. Um, but just for ease on the business side of things, personally, I always like to do 12 months. Um, but I mean, Hey, if, if that's working for you, then Hey, it's working for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And, and I think that that is, it makes us as owners, it makes us as business owners, it makes us more comfortable. But at the end of the day, if I'm more comfortable and I'm losing clients because they're not comfortable, my, my, the, the whole, you know, the whole purpose is to, to run a successful gym. And if, if, if by you signing up for three months, that's gonna keep you in my gym, that's gonna make you feel comfortable, cool, I'll do three months. As long as I do what I'm supposed to do and you do what you're supposed to do, you're gonna be happy. That three months gonna turn into six months. Six months gonna turn into a year. It's gonna turn into several years. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have kids, you're gonna, you're gonna bring them through. That's cool. So if you, if you felt pressured, like my whole thing was I didn't want people to walk out the door when I needed people to support my business. Mm -hmm. So uh, it wasn't, I wasn't going to get into a, you know, a back and forth of, Hey, sign up for this, or don't worry about coming to my gym. I didn't want to do that. I wanted people to feel comfortable. And, and as people got comfortable, I mean, it, it I haven't had no issues. And, um, and, and that's why I said, I, I feel like by, by doing what you're supposed to do and, and, and they're listening to you and they, they're building that trust, you know, and they, they're, they're going to do their, end, they're going to do their part on their end. It's not going to do nothing, but help, help your business grow anymore. I mean, even more. So uh, I haven't had no issues with the three months. Mm -hmm. uh, now you're making me think about change, but I, I don't think I'm going to change because it, it, it was a whole little issue. And I just, I don't know. I haven't had the problem since. So yeah. I kind of want to stick that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, if, if it works, it works. I just always have trouble taking too much advice from the people in the gym because a lot of time they're not business people, right? It's like they don't own a business, they don't run a business. So a lot of times, like, yeah, we want to make them happy. But at the same time, it's like we kind of got to keep the business end of things the business mm -hmm. end of things, right? Sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. to to separate the two, and it. I totally get from from the perspective of wanting to make sure everybody's happy and comfortable and whatnot. Um, so it's hard sometimes to to find that balance and in between the the business and the friendships that you naturally have with the people that are in your gym, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I definitely understand that aspect as well. Um, yeah. all right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So, um, I'm at, uh, I'm at Gibson underscore PT. That's G I B B as in boy S O N underscore P as in Paul T as in tango. That's on Instagram. 
on Twitter, um, it's at Gibson Training. Uh, just the, the way you spell it, just all one word. Um, you got Twitter and you have uh, uh, TikTok. I'm about to tell my age because I, I couldn't remember the, the last one. Uh, so I, I know all my kids is watching. And I know they're going to laugh at y'all, but uh, TikTok and that, that's at Gibson Train as well. All right. Perfect. So Martin from Gibson Performance Training in Capitol Heights, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you all for having me. I have fun. Absolutely. Good. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.